we want to ask you to turn to Matthew, first of all, with me, please, in chapter 27 of the Gospel according to Matthew. We'll be looking at several places within the Gospels. What I want us to look at together this morning is what is recorded in the Gospels concerning a man by the name of Barabbas. He's a familiar figure. He appears there at the trial of our Lord. And uh, as we look at his life this morning, I want us to think particularly of the thought, the theme, Christ in our place. Christ in our place. One of the central aspects of the gospel has been that Jesus Christ died at the cross as our substitute. He died as one who took our place. We stood under God's wrath. We stood under the penalty of our sin, our rebellion against God, but He willingly took our place. I like the way I heard one brother mention it in message and in prayer years ago. He's with the Lord now. He passed away in, as I recall, 86 But I had the privilege of hearing Brother Kerry Todd down in Buis Creek preach. And as he preached, he would speak along these lines. That Christ paid my sin debt and my hell penalty. And that, brothers and sisters, is good news for sinners. That Christ paid that debt on the behalf of those who stood under the wrath of God. And the way the Gospels picture this is beautiful. Many ways it's seen throughout the Word of God. But there's a figure that appears in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. His name is Barabbas. And that man, as he appears, becomes a great Gospel picture of why the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, of why He died that death on the tree. We sang a little while ago, Jesus is all the world to me. And when we sing that, the world can't figure that out. Why is it that a figure who lived 2,000 years ago, somebody who's no longer here in this world, they think, why is it that we can say He's all the world to us? And if you really want to understand that, you can look at the cross and you can hear the Son of God from the cross saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And you realize He was doing that for you. If you're saved by the grace of God, if you know Him, you know He was taking your place. And that's why you can say, Jesus is all the world to me. So I want us to think about that together as we look at these gospel portions this morning. Uh, Matthew mentions and Mark mentions and Luke and John. We, We will probably skip Brother Mark. Not because of anything he's done, but just because of time. He records much of what Matthew does. But if you would look with me in Matthew chapter 27, please. And we begin there at verse 15. We read there in Matthew 27, 15, Now at that feast the governor was wont or accustomed to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they, that is the chief priest and others, had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife seat, his wife said unto him, sent unto him, excuse me, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain or two, 
Will, will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And now if you'd look over with me in Luke chapter 23, please. And notice the words that Dr. Luke records. Luke chapter 23, and there in verse 13 we'll begin reading. Similar words, but a few more details that are brought out here by Dr. Luke in his inspired account. Luke chapter 23, verse 13. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man, referring to Jesus, unto me, as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I send you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city, and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant, that is insistent, with loud voices, requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. And then finally, briefly, from John, John's Gospel, chapter 18, if you would notice those closing verses of that chapter verses 38 through 40 John chapter 18 we read there in verse 38 Pilate saith unto him what is truth when he had said this he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them I find in him no fault at all but ye have a custom that I should release unto you one in the Passover will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews but they, then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. We want to think together about these words that our God gives us by His Spirit in the Scriptures. May we just together pray, though, and call on Him, ask His help. Father, we bow before You in the name of Thy dear Son, of whom we read here, the one that You gave for our sins, Father, the one who was despised and rejected of men, Father, we draw near in the name of the Lord Jesus and we ask You that You would glorify Him by Your Spirit through Your Word this morning. 
Father, I pray You'd speak to each heart here and to any who may listen remotely later. I pray, Father, that You would grant Your voice to be heard. Father, over and above this poor voice, this human voice, would You grant that that voice that speaks, that wakes the dead, might speak. And Father, You would glorify and exalt the darling of Your bosom, Your Son, who loved you, uh, sinners, who loved You as well, and for Your glory came into this world. Father, I pray You'd magnify Him now in our midst. In the worthy name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, again, we look at these Scriptures this morning to think about the subject, Christ in our place. Christ in our place. The Gospels speak so well to this. We have really the story of the Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning all the way through to the end of the book. As the black preacher said, from generations to revolutions. If you don't understand that, that's from Genesis to Revelation. But from, from the beginning to the end, the Bible is a book of Christ that speaks of God's purpose of redemption in Him and God's grace in Him. And as well, the Bible points, even through the pictures and types and shadows of the Old Testament, the Bible points to the fact that Christ came into this world to take the place of sinners. He came into this world to pay, as the Gospel Chorus says so well, He paid a debt He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, the whole day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. And that grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ, that grace of God in the Gospel, that grace of God in the New Testament Scriptures is pictured in this person Barabbas and Barabbas and the one who became his substitute. I want us to think about it in the light of what we've read and to consider this. And as we do, I trust you'll see not only the truth of substitution written large in the Scripture, but may God grant it to be written large in your heart so you can say, I know He's my substitute. I know He took my place. And by grace, through the work of the Spirit, may that become the testimony of each of us here today. I want to ask you to think with me, first of all, please, about the criminal and his crimes. One thing the Bible makes clear, and it sets it over against equally, it seems. The testimony of Pilate, Herod, and others. This man, Christ, has done nothing amiss. This man Christ has no fault in him. Nothing worthy of death. But over against that is Barabbas. Barabbas is a man who is clearly indicated to be a criminal. But before we think about that, I want you to think with me about the name of the criminal. His name is Barabbas. Barabbas. I'm going to break it up even more. As Dr. Art, my Greek professor, used to say, I'm going to put some emphasis on a syllable for you. Uh, Dr. Art, we mispronounce it. He say, ah, oh, Mr. Morris, you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Well, I'm going to put an emphasis on a syllable. Bar-Abbas. Bar in Aramaic means son of. Abbas, as many of you probably have made that connection from the New Testament, means father. 
Here is one who has the name Son of the Father. That's the name of this criminal. Now, we don't know much about him other than the name that's given, but it's stated in every one of the four Gospels. And it points to something that the Lord willing we want to tie in at the end of the message. The Son of the Father, Barabbas. And we'll think about that, but file it away for now, the name of the criminal. But then if you would, I want you to think with me about the nature of his crimes. There are three things at least that are specified that he was guilty of and each one of them have a spiritual application or a spiritual transfer to every son and daughter of Adam. Every one of us. First of all, he's said to be guilty of sedition. Dr. Luke tells us that back in Luke 23 where we read in verse 19. Who for a certain sedition in the city and for murder was cast into prison. The idea of sedition means rebellion. We could use the word insurrection. That's a word that's been real popular in our society for about a year and a half now. But, or a little more, I guess, maybe. But, but the word has the idea of rebellion, sedition. The idea of seeking to overthrow rightful authority. And apparently Barabbas, probably as a Jew, had attempted to do that with some others against the Roman government. The Roman government had... And basically staked its claim in Israel. And as, as such, it had the governmental rule over them. It had the authority over them. And this man had sought to rebel against them by his sedition. It's a great picture of what every one of us has sought to do in our living, in our lives. We've rebelled against the rightful authority of the living God. We've rebelled against His government and as it says so well in the words of Isaiah 53, 6, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's really what I have to say about myself. You know, sometimes the preacher points fingers and forgets he has three pointing back at himself. But I I have to tell you, when it comes to my life, I know this. As I was a young person, the Lord saved me at age 14. And when, when He saved me, I was going to hell and happy of it. I was on my way. I had sinned greatly and I had great plans for, uh, for, for more sin. But the Lord interrupted me on my mad rush to hell. But I'll tell you this, when He saved me, He saved a rebel. But He saved a rebel who'd thrown up the white flag. I love doing my thing. I love following my sin. I love what God said you shall not do. It's almost like a child when you tell him don't do it and immediately that child goes out and does it. Well, that's the way I was. I would, I would, I would read as I read the Bible. I, I read the Bible before I was saved. Thought I'd prayed some too. I read the Bible and the Bible would say don't do this and it seems like invariably I'd find myself doing it. I was like Paul in Romans 7 when he said, That which I would do, I do not. That which I would not do, that I do. Well, that's what I did with regard to God's commands. There was sedition, in other words, rebellion. There was a, a, a spirit and attitude of animosity toward the rightful authority of God. And that's not unusual because that's where it began with our first parents in the garden. God said, Thou shalt not... And man said, I will. 
God had spoken plainly to Adam. Genesis chapter 2. He said, Of all the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for the day you eat thereof you'll surely die. As God spoke that, you remember Eve. She wasn't Eve yet. I like to say they were Mr. and Mrs. Adam, Mr. and Mrs. Dusty. Because Adama in Hebrew means ground. Or they, were, they were there in the, in the garden and Adam was with her, but the devil approached Mrs. Adam and he said, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Oh, we may eat of every tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil we not eat of. The day you eat thereof, you'll surely die. Ye shall not surely die, that serpent said. And the woman saw the tree. She saw it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. And she ate of it. What God had clearly forbidden, man rebelled against. And we rebelled in Adam. Adam took of the fruit she gave to her husband with her. He took of it. And ever since then, our lives have been lived in rebellion to God. Our lives have been lived against Him in ourselves apart from His grace. That's just the natural tenor of things. Again, we've each turned to His own way. And this man Barabbas represents that well by his rebellion, by his sedition. But not only that, the Bible also says there in those words of Luke 19, 23 verse 19, he was guilty of murder. And here, we might have a little bit of a difficulty following it, but in effect, we've all been guilty of that. Now in some measure, we've been guilty of or toward our fellow man in heart, because you remember how the Lord Jesus said you've read in the law shall not kill and everybody, most people would say well I, I, I followed up on that but then the Lord Jesus went out to open that he said if you've been angry at your brother without a cause you're guilty of murder what? that makes me a murderer but that murder thing runs a little deeper because you see when man and woman did what they did in the garden and rebelled against God in effect, what they were doing is saying, God doesn't have the right to be God. I've got the right to be God. And I'm going to be God for my own life. Well, what is that saying? That's saying, in effect, I wish God were as good as dead. And you think about that in a parable the Lord Jesus told. The parable we commonly call it is actually one of three stories in one parable, but the parable of the prodigal son we call it. You remember what that younger son did with his dad? He went to his dad and he said, Dad, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Now when does a person normally get their inheritance? When the parent dies. And that son said, Dad, I want my inheritance early. In other words, it's as though that younger son were saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. And in my mind, you're as good as dead to me. And that, in effect, speaks of the attitude of heart we've had toward God in our sin. I can live life fine without you, thank you. And that, brothers and sisters, really is, as it were, murder. Now, we see that a little later in these words of the Gospels when they reject Jesus. For Jesus was man, but what was He as well? He was God. He is God and man.
That's why he could be the Savior and substitute that he is. Because in his infinite person as God, joined to humanity, he could pay the sin debt, hell penalty of a multitude that no man could number from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and people. And I say that's good news. Because that means he can pay mine too. Bless his name. But brothers and sisters, the, we were guilty of murder. But then, then John tells us in those words in John 18 that this man was a robber. And the idea is not the idea of somebody who just steals something on the sly. The idea of it is what we would call a brigand. A man who robs with a, a, like, like the armed robbery, that kind of thing, you see. There's a little bit of difference, not much, between thievery and robbery. And, and, and this man was a robber. But when we think about that, we've brazenly robbed God of His glory. You see the, the Scriptures say in the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 23. I quoted it last hour, but I quote it again. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, by my sin against God, I've robbed Him of His glory. I've denied what He should have rightly by abrogating that and taking it to myself. So often that takes place in sin. Something that belongs to somebody else we take and we make it ours without any right to it. And that, brothers and sisters, is what every sin is against God. It's taking what rightly belongs to Him of His glory and saying, no, I'm going I'm to make that my own wrongly, wrongfully. And that's what this man had done. Uh, that's a little outline of his crimes. And, and, and when we think of what is said about Barabbas here, every son and daughter of Adam, every member of the human race has done that spiritually against God. We were guilty of rebellion against Him. We're guilty, as it were, of saying, I'd rather see Him dead. We're guilty of robbery, robbing Him of His glory. Everyone. Now, I want to... Think about our Lord in just a little bit, but I want to ask you to think before we consider that. When Pilate was there with the Lord Jesus Christ before him, here he is standing as the governor of the people of Judea in his office as the Roman administrator. But he's also acting as judge. And he asked those people who were gathered there when our Lord was being tried, he says to them, whom shall I deliver to you? Would you have Barabbas or would you have Jesus? Now on any terms, that should be a no-brainer. You've got a man who's a rebel, a murderer, and a robber. On the other hand, you have one of whom Pilate clearly says at least three times, I find no fault in him, and Herod didn't either. You'd think if you were given to a group of God-fearing religious folk like those Jews were, you'd think that if they were given a choice like that, they'd say, Why kill Barabbas and give us Jesus? And you know, everything that Jesus had done pointed to who He was. His miracles pointed to who He was. Many of these Jews had seen those miracles. Many of the chief priests had seen them and heard of them. The religious elders of the people, they knew it. And yet left to themselves, they chose Barabbas. 
They said, give us Barabbas. I, I love the way Dr. Luke pictures it in the words of Luke 23, verse 25. Listen to these words. I'm going to read verse 24 with it. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. They asked for Barabbas. Pilate passed sentence. Okay. But then notice verse 25. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. I want to, I'm going to do like Dr. Ark said, put some emphasis on a syllable again, okay? He delivered Jesus to their will. A lot of men talk about free will today. But you know what we do left to our own free will with Jesus? The same thing that crowd did. I remember when I was a young person before before the Lord saved me. I I listened to a a musical about the Lord Jesus. It was called Truth to Truths. It was far better than Jesus Christ Superstar, which was also very popular back then, early seventies. But it asked this question. Now, if you'd been there on that fateful day when Jesus said the kingdoms at hand. Would you have seen it that way? Or do you feel reading history that He's for you and me? Or would you crucify Him? And the answer to that sadly is left to myself, I would have said away with Him. Left to myself, I would have said crucify Him. You see, the human heart, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, is desperately wicked. This is what Jeremiah said. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then verse 10 gives us the answer. I, the Lord, try the reins and know the heart. God knows what's in us. And that's not good. But brothers and sisters, I'm glad that that's not the only thing I have to tell you this morning. I'm glad I don't just have to speak to you about a a criminal and his crimes. and I, I, I don't just have to speak to you about the crowd and his choice. I also speak to you, brothers and sisters, about Christ and His condemnation. Because you see, while man was at work in wickedness, when they said, away with Him, crucify Him, give us Barabbas, man in his sin and rebellion was in effect really living out that they were Barabbases themselves. They were showing that that's what they were made of. The same stuff that that criminal was. And that, by the way, is true. Every sin that a man could commit, you and I are able to commit it as another. Thank God we hadn't. Thank God for grace that kept us from that. But brothers and sisters, even when man was doing his worst, our God was doing his best. When man was denying, rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, God was working it so that in His plan, As Peter said in Acts chapter 2, in the words of verse 23, he speaks about Christ and he says of Him, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have by wicked hands crucified and slain. Man wickedly did it, but God was working out His purpose. Because you see, as the Son of God was rejected, as the Son of God was condemned, 
as that took place at the cross bearing sin for us not his own sin Christ was not a sinner Christ was not a criminal Christ was not a murderer not a robber he was not one who had rebelled he lived under his father's righteous authority he could say about himself in John 8 29 I do always those things that please him I can't say that but the darling of heaven could and he's come down by Mary's virgin womb to give himself a, a ransom for many to lay down his life for sinners so that you and I might have life and so he goes to condemnation he goes to the place of the criminal he goes to the place which Barabbas deserved you know I don't know if as Pilate was deliberating with the crowd I don't know if Barabbas and the Lord Jesus would have been jailed in the same place. Can you imagine the conversation? Barabbas looks at him. What are you here for? I'm here because I've rebelled against Rome. I hate those Romans. I'm here because I murdered a few of them. I'd have killed more if I could have. And I robbed. I took all I could get from them. Because they have no right to rule us as a people. What are you in here for? I'm here because I'm the good shepherd and I've come to lay down my life for my sheep. But what have you done? I've done always those things that please my Father. Can you imagine the conversation between the criminal and the Savior that day? Here He is, the sinless Son of God. And He's there in a jail. Because he's about to be condemned. And he's going to be put to death. And he's going to take my place. And he's going to bear my penalty. I deserved it. I should have been sucked down to hell forever under the wrath of God in the lake of fire. But I'm forgiven today. Because the darling Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. That's good news for sinners today. And I, I, I want to share with you to tie in the name of Barabbas. Remember I said, file that away. Barabbas, son of the Father. I want to read a verse from Hebrews chapter 2. And the words of verse 10 there. As the writer of Hebrews speaks about how our Lord in becoming a man, took on Himself our nature, sin apart, without sin, by a virgin womb as we mentioned, He became a man. And in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 2, we see these words that speak of what He was doing. Hebrews chapter 2 again verse 10, For it became Him, that is, it was becoming to Him, it was befitting to Him, for it became Him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. This speaks about the Father's plan. That it was befitting the Father if He were to bring many sons to glory, if those of Adam's race were going to be saved and ultimately brought to glory, ultimately brought to God's heaven, ultimately to hear those words, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. If they were to hear that, there was one requirement. The captain of their salvation had to be perfected through suffering. In other words, he had to endure 
perfectly the sufferings of His cross. Brothers and sisters, that's what He's done. And the one who cried, as we mentioned earlier, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? That one also cried in John 19.30, It is finished! Paid in full! Y'all wouldn't mind if I shouted, would you? Glory to God. The Lamb of God paid the price. He paid it in full. And because He's been perfected in suffering, through suffering, many sons are going to be brought to glory. And as it says in Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Those many sons are going to be brought to glory. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And verse 11 says, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. <coughs> Thank God. Many sons brought to glory. And they'll come from the east, the west, the north, and the south. They'll come from every nation, kindred, tribe, tongue, and people. And I'd say to you, that includes the United States, why don't you get in on it? Come to Christ. If you've not come, oh, come to Christ without delay. Father, Son, and Spirit say, the Spirit, the Bride repeats the call. The Lord Jesus Christ is a great Savior for great sinners. And that's why our God, I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, as sure as I stand before you speaking today, that's why our God, in the four Gospels, Those four accounts of the trial of our Lord Jesus puts a man by the name of Barabbas in there, son of the Father. He is let free. Even though he's no real son of the Father, he's let free because the Father's real son takes his place. And that's the story of gospel redemption. We become sons of the Father because the Son of the Father took our place. I needed a new birth. He was God's Son from old eternity. So He took my place so that I might be born again. If today you've not been born again, all we tell you, run to Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him. For us who know Him, brothers and sisters, may we be able to say what we've sung this morning. Jesus is all the world to me. May we be able to say in the words of the hymn writer, living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving to please Him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. And the hymn writer went on to say in the chorus, O Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thee, for Thou in Thine atonement didst give Thyself for me. I own no other master. My heart shall be Thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live. O Christ, for Thee alone. May that be the response of each of our hearts today. And again, if you've not trusted Christ, oh, that you'd come to Him. Believe on His name. Find life in Him. For those of us who know Him, may we, as we found life in Him, as we've become Barabbas, sons of the Father, may we go out and live now as those who are His children. By His grace and by His Spirit, may our lives reflect that we're really His, His born ones. You know, sometimes we don't act like children of God. 
Remember maybe in your life, mom or dad may have said to you, remember who you are and remember whose you are. Well, we need to, if we've been born again, we need to remember we're Barabbas, son of the Father. And may we live by God's grace as that kind of person in the world. That they would know whose we are and who we are. Let's pray. Father, we ask You to bless Your Word now. We're thankful for the truth of Your Word, Father. How I thank You, Father, for the Lord Jesus, the Son of Thy love from old eternity, the One on whom You'd set Your endless, Your boundless affection. And yet in Your great love for sinners, Father, You gave Him to take our place. Oh, Father, I pray, help us who know You to live like sons of the Father. And I pray for any who don't know You that today might be the day Thy Spirit would sweetly bring them to Christ. Father, we thank You for Your great grace. Thank You for Christ in our place. Father, bless Your Word now to each heart in Christ's name. Amen.